And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, John Rush, CEO of Clean Turn Enterprises. What else can I do to really have a practical impact on the lives of those that have having an opportunity to influence? It was a difficult transition, frankly. I had thought at that point that my calling was to kind of serve in pastoral ministry, preach the word, and, and see lives changed. And when I decided to make the transition from pastoral ministry is to step into full-time business management experience. There was certainly a large learning curve there for me. Well, folks, we are so blessed today uh, to be on the telephone live with John Rush. And John is the CEO of Clean Turn Enterprises out of the great state of Ohio. And he's uh, online with us from Columbus, Ohio. John Rush, hey, and welcome to Bottom Line Faith. How are you doing today? Doing awesome. Thank you so much for the uh, opportunity to share today. Well, well, John, you, you and I had a chance a few weeks ago to, to, to get to know each other, um, obviously prior to doing this interview, and I'm, I'm just pumped to share with the audience your background. You've got a very interesting background. We're going to learn more about what you do as CEO here at Clean Turn Enterprises, but tell us a little bit about how you got here. Tell us a little bit about your background, and you've served our country well, so why don't you help our audience understand a little bit more about you? Yeah, thank you. Um, I uh, moved to Columbus from Chicago uh, about six years ago with my wife and our eight kids, and we uh, kind of started on this journey uh, together when I was in the Marine Corps, Deb and I, um, and uh, just uh, felt the call to move to an urban community and invest ourselves uh, in an urban community, and that's what took us initially to Chicago, spent about 17 years there. Um, and when I first st- stepped into Chicago, um, plugged into a, a homeless shelter to, to volunteer as I was working on my undergrad uh, at Moody uh, in theology and ancient languages and just really fell in love with the city, fell in love with the men that I had an opportunity to work with and uh, quickly realized that one of the biggest challenges that these men had that I had an opportunity to work with was finding employment. And uh, that kind of planted the seed for me in terms of thinking about business and how business might be able to be leveraged to impact society in a positive way. And so um, kind of started uh, there in Chicago and just over time really focused on building small businesses that could come alongside and be a place of supportive employment for folks coming out of uh, challenging backgrounds. We took that experience in Chicago and brought it uh, here to Columbus. That's fascinating to me. So you're up in Chicago, you're studying at uh, Moody Bible Institute, perhaps, I'm guessing, thinking you might be going into formal traditional ministry. Is that is that right? That's, that's right, yeah. Actually, initially, um, I uh, did my undergrad there and my first master's degree in urban studies while we were working on a church plan. So I did the church plant uh, experience for about five years. And so during that uh experience, it was there that uh, the idea of, um, you know, what else can I do to really have a practical impact on the lives of those that I'm having an opportunity to to influence, um, you know, and so I, uh, it was a difficult transition, frankly. I mean, I had thought at that point that my, my calling was to kind of serve in pastoral ministry and preach the word and, and see lives changed. And, um, and when I decided to make the transition from pastoral ministry from from a from that perspective, I, I mean, in a sense, really, what I what I've done every day is pastoral in nature. Um, it's just in the context of 
of, of business, if that makes sense. Um, and so, um, but yeah, that was a, that was, it was quite a unique time for Deb and I. And, um, and, uh, when we stepped out of the church planning experience to step into full-time business management experience, um, there was certainly a large learning curve there for me. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to be talking about that. That's what we love to talk about here at Bottom Line Faith or some of those lessons learned and, and, and such. So, Okay, so you're, and we're going to learn, we're going to learn more about Clean Turn Enterprises in just a moment, but you're in Chicago, you're studying, and God begins to change the course and the direction of your life. How is it then that you ended up in Columbus, Ohio, and then we'll hear more about your, your work there? How, how did you end up in Columbus? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. We, um, I was on the board of a microfinance organization in Chicago, and the fellow that headed that up, his dad, um, was serving on a nonprofit um, board here in Columbus called Crack House Ministries, which is a faith-based organization. It's an acronym, Christ Resurrects After Crack, uh, After Crack Kills. And so I often would tell people, if you're volunteering at the Crack House, make sure you're clear You know where you're actually volunteering so nobody's confused. you, you got to go to the right <laughs> Crack House. You don't want right. to get those directions screwed uh, up, do you? So, <laughs> um, and so... He uh, he had reached out and said, "Hey, look, I, you know, I've, I've seen and heard about the things that uh, you've been involved in in Chicago, and uh, would love for you to consider, you know, coming here to Columbus and helping us get something up and running." And I only had two caveats: one, I did not want to be owned by a nonprofit. The uh, a couple of the business ventures in Chicago were owned by nonprofit organizations. That was a great experience. It had its own set of challenges, but we were able to work through those challenges and create really successful models, but it was it was a little bit more difficult to think about scale. And so that led to the second caveat is I not only didn't want to be owned by a nonprofit, I also wanted to have the flexibility to kind of grow and scale at a rate that uh was manageable and only restricted by, you know, um cash restraints. And so they said yes and yes and we put together a small fund of uh just under three hundred thousand dollars to start up our venture, we incorporated it as a, as a for-profit, um, as I mentioned earlier. And, uh, and the idea for the initial investors, there was eight of us, was that you know the money that was being used was disposable income that could have otherwise been, or would have otherwise been given away to a nonprofit and would have been a tax write-off. Um, if the business failed, this was the, the, the biggest risk. Uh, the business failing, uh, well, it would have been a business tax write-off. Two different types of write-offs yeah. for sure, but... Yeah. If it works, it becomes a gift that gives them perpetuity, um, and so that was the approach, and that was you know kind of our our uh, goal to create something that was self sustaining. Fantastic! And so now, help us understand what it is that you do at Clean Turn Enterprises. I know you've got more than one brand, more than one business that you're building there, but walk walk us gently through that model. Yeah, we have. Um, uh, initially, we launched with six business lines, which was kind of ridiculous given the amount of capital that we were launching with. Uh, we were really undercapitalized to, to launch with that many brands, but uh, or that many business lines. Uh, we only launched with one brand, and that was the Clean Term uh, overarching brand. Um, but those six business lines, the goal was to figure out which of those business lines were going to meet the needs of providing uh, entry-level employment opportunities for folks who've had some significant obstacles in their past, like incarceration, human trafficking, domestic violence, generational poverty, et cetera. And so after the first year, we cut two of those business lines, really focused on four. And since the time we've officially launched two uh, 
two of those business lines under separate brand names. One is Clean Turn Demolition Services. The other is she has a name, Cleaning Services. All six business lines have been service-based, and so we haven't done anything product-based. And all of the businesses have really focused on um, skill sets that do not require an intense amount of uh, previous training or education or things of that nature because we wanted to create a, a, a realistic platform for folks that may have not have had those opportunities in their past. And, and, and so really just creating a gateway into a career was, was kind of the primary focus. And so the Clean Turn Demolition Services and uh, focuses on contracting work. We do work with about 300 contractors here in central Ohio, and we leverage the opportunity to do bulk removal, demo, interior demolition, uh, trash out type work uh, to create that uh, gateway into the trades. And then our she has a main cleaning business line as a uh, residential and commercial janitorial um, uh, cleaning company that provides primarily training and employment for folks that are coming out of human trafficking, substance abuse, and domestic violence. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting up to this point, John. Uh, we have a Marine served his country. We have a guy that went to um, college to study to uh, go into the ministry. Studied. Um, your major was ancient languages. You said. Right. Yeah, I did. Um, my background's kind of eclectic in terms of my education. My undergrad was ancient languages and theology. And my first master's was in urban studies, and then I had a chance to go back to school. Um, went to Wheaton College and did two more master's degrees, one one in theology and philosophy and the other one religion and American life, which was more of a, a history degree. And then when we were launching one of the first companies in partnership with a nonprofit in Chicago, I started a nonprofit management program at North Park and uh, quickly realized that it would be kind of neat to get an MBA. And so I applied to um, Kellogg at Northwestern, got accepted and ended up uh, working on my master's in nonprofit management at North Park while I was doing my MBA at Northwestern and and launching a new company that was um, both a business and also had a social mission integrated into it. And so having all of that uh, as an experience simultaneously was was really remarkable. Um, it's, it's an experience that... Uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty typical. I mean, it's pretty. It's a. It's a typical. It's a same old story. You know, <laughs> want to be uh, a minister, go into the Marines, get your MBA at Kellogg and Northwestern, become a CEO of your own company. I mean, it's the same old story. Yeah, we, the, the, these interviews get so so blonde. Or that's our gift of sarcasm, John, that we're practicing there. And so, so now we find ourselves in Columbus, Ohio. We've launched uh, this business, Clean Turn Enterprises. And you've got uh, two companies under there. Primarily, we're focusing on uh, clean turn demolition, and she has a name, Cleaning Services. So we're up to speed now, right? We've got us, we've got us launched, and so forth. So now let's let's start learning what you've learned. So with this eclectic background that you've shared with us, this amazing educational background, now we're hitting the streets of real life business and leadership. At, at, at where the rubber meets the road. So let, let's talk about that. What would you say now, looking back? And by the way, um, you know our our audience primarily business owners, leaders, executives. You know they're they're in the game of leadership. They're in the hunt, if you will, building their businesses and organizations, just like just like you are, uh, John. And so, what was one of the biggest, hardest lessons you learned in the early days? And if you had a chance to maybe go back, you'd say, "Hey, I would do that one differently." Could you could you give us an example of that? 
Yeah, I think I think early on, even pre-business days, in terms of just thinking of this from a faith standpoint, um, I had this very idealistic uh, view of how Christ was working in the world, and just assumed that if the gospel was proclaimed and folks made a profession of faith, that all of life's challenges could be quickly remedied. And I realized early on that... um, as folks are dealing with a boatload of prior life experiences that bring a lot of baggage, that it, it, it's not that simple. And so it's kind of ironic. I mean, and in a sense, it's paradoxical because it is simple. I mean, to be told that if you have the faith of a child, then that's all you need. And that's simple. And that's true. And it's in that simplicity that I realized early on that there's a lot of complexity that's also involved. And so the discipleship process, the coaching, the mentoring, et cetera, that is to follow is a lot more nuanced and challenging than I imagined early on. Now, how that segues into the, the business world, for me early on, I also thought that if we could just find outlets of opportunity for folks and get them placed into employment, then that could kind of you know begin to be the process of seeing complete resolution and movement towards you know self-sufficiency. Putting both of those learning experiences together, the, the takeaway was, one, there had to be a very carefully crafted selection process for identifying who was, in fact, ready for uh, employment. And then once individuals were identified, there needed to be ongoing coaching and mentoring tailored to that individual's background and needs. And so if I wanted to see business work and I wanted to you know, actually meet our customers' expectations, I couldn't just randomly go out and hire somebody out of a homeless shelter. There had to be some type of selection process. And then once again, once folks were identified and brought onto the team, I had to create a culture where there was continual coaching, accountability, and mentoring so that I could see this individual you know, move forward in their career. And uh, I think... In the workforce development space, in the nonprofit world, in the faith and non-faith-based context of working with folks coming out of challenging backgrounds, a lot of emphasis is placed on getting a job. If you get a job and just kind of you know tighten up your boots and work hard, everything's going to be hunky-dory and fine. But it's not just about getting a job. It's not just about getting placed into a place of employment. It's really about creating an environment where individuals can come and move forward in a career. And that's where I've really focused the last 15 years. Well, what, what I find uh, really un- uh, amazing and powerful, John, about what you just shared, and I'm taking notes as I'm listening, is you, you were contextualizing that answer in what you've learned about building this business and working with these individuals with challenged backgrounds, you know, difficult circumstances from which they've come. But you actually just laid out the model or a model for an incredible, healthy company or organization of any kind. And let me just, here's what I heard. Step one was a careful selection process. And and, and one of the things we say around here at Bottom Line Faith is um, hire slow and fire fast. And we tend to do it just the opposite. But you are doing that. You have a careful selection process, so you're really monitoring and somewhat controlling what's coming in the front door, right? And then step two, you were talking about that providing that environment of ongoing coaching, and which helps you create the culture of accountability and mentoring. And I, I, I can suspect that any business leader that would use that as a model should expect some pretty decent results. Would you agree with that? I do, yes, definitely. 
Yeah, and I think, um, and it's and, and it's important because I mean, take as one example, um, a person that's coming out of a lifestyle of addiction to heroin. The broader cultural emphasis is, you know, how do we expunge the person's record, seal it so that it's unknown, so they can easily get placed into a job from an organization that's receiving taxpayer dollars to help people get placed into the jobs. And once they're placed into the job, the company that hires them gets a work opportunity tax credit because they've done a good deed in providing that place of employment. But within two months of having been placed, the individual encounters three different triggers that lead to their relapse, which leads to their unemployment. And that cycle continues throughout the year with two or three other nonprofit organizations and two or three new businesses, initial nonprofits funded by taxpayers, the businesses getting a tax write-off. And so we're investing money as an economy, you know, the broader economy to help this person move forward. And they're still unemployed at the end of the year. And it's all placement focused, it's job placement focused, it's not retention, supportive services focused. If we educate businesses and businesses take the initiative to be educated, on how do we identify the triggers that might exist in my workplace so that I might be able to be a better coach and mentor and create a healthy culture for a recovering addict, the odds of that person sticking around a lot longer increase. John, uh, the selection process tells me that there's uh, a lot more people that need help and need jobs than there are jobs out there. So what is that selection process? Who are you looking for? Who's the perfect uh, person with what background that can take advantage of what Clean Turn Enterprises does? Yeah, a big focus of ours is screening folks for coachability. Um, and so, I mean, and and that's probably the, the biggest prerequisite is we really don't care about your background except for the fact that we care about it insofar as we want to coach you on the greener pastures. And so we don't care because we want to push you out. We care because we want to know how to be a good a good friend and a, and a good mentor and a good coach. But you need to be coachable. So if you've got it all figured out already and you're still kind of in a predicament and you're coming out of a predicament, then you're probably going to end up in another predicament and this is not the best place for you. But if you can kind of, you know, take a step back and open up your mind to being coached and mentored and couple that with some patience and a dose of uh, strong work ethic. And there's some, then we can do something with that. And so now there's some obvious things that are kind of out there on the forefront and it's things like, can you pass a drug test now? And so we've had folks that come to our open group interviews as if they're swimming out of a 40 ounce and an individual that's kind of in that predicament is not ready for employment. So we'll refer that individual to appropriate uh, resources in the community where they can go through detox, get the appropriate counseling and support that they need. And then once they're clean and sober, they can come back, reapply, pass the drug test. And then once they're in the door, they're going to continue to get random drops to hold them accountable. But yeah, the, the biggest thing beyond the, the drug test is the um, the ability to want to learn and to grow and to be coached. Well, folks, let me pause just for a moment and uh, remind you, you are listening to Bottom Line Faith. That's the program where we love to learn from top Christian business leaders around the country, how they're living out their faith in business, the lessons learned in leadership, and how they're making a difference in the world as Christian leaders. And our guest on the show today is John Rush. John is the CEO of Clean Turn Enterprises out of Columbus, Ohio. And John, if uh, we've got a, a listeners who would like to learn more about your organization, what, what would be the best place or best way for them to learn more about Clean Turn Enterprises? Uh, the best place would be our website, uh, cleanturn.org. 
Um, of course, they can, folks can look us up on Facebook as well, but cleanturn.org is definitely the place to go. That's fantastic. Well, Adam, you know, we've talked about this a lot here at Bottom Line Faith. You know, a big portion of our audience, they're business owners, they're executives who are in leadership positions, making decisions, leading companies, leading departments. That's a big part of our audience here. And so, John, what I would be curious is, um, and I talk to Christ followers who are business owners and leaders every day. And oftentimes, they're interested in hiring um, individuals like that you serve with these challenging backgrounds, be ex-offenders, whatever the case may be. But sometimes they're not sure about that, how risky is it, how successful they can be. They want to do this because they want to make a difference in the lives of these people, but they really don't know how to go about it. So what advice, what counsel would you give for a business leader or an owner that we've got listening to the program right now that might be interested in this sort of thing? How would you coach and what would you tell them is really important for them to know and do? First, yeah, um, I would affirm the heart and the desire. I mean, it's that's huge. That's a huge first step is having the heart and the desire and the willingness to want to be able to be a support for folks that are coming out of challenging backgrounds. And so that's great. Second, as folks have done in their businesses already, let's put a little bit of the head into the action and think carefully about what that really means. And we saw that as a huge need, and that's why we launched our, our third brand, which is Passion, Purpose, Profit, which is more of a cause marketing brand, where we're really looking to take the DNA of what we do as a business and inject it into the broader business community for two reasons. One, we know that we can't provide all of the market opportunities that are out there to provide for folks that are coming out of challenging backgrounds. And so that leads to two, we'd love to educate other businesses on how to do this and how to do it well. And so we have an annual event, our third annual Passion, Purpose, Profit conference coming up September 22nd, where the main objective is to educate HR directors, managers, CEOs, decision makers, and companies on how to create the right culture for folks that are coming out of incarceration, human trafficking, substance abuse, and other backgrounds. How do you select? And once you select, how do you create the right training and culture for folks to be able to move forward? But it's a loaded question. There's no easy answer to how do I do that because mm-hmm. it's very nuanced to the business and the type of business that is you know, wanting to do uh, this type of work. So what what I'm hearing is you, you actually learned enough about this that you're now in the process of helping train other business leaders to do that. That's fantastic. And, and, and frankly, it's very needed because I, I get this question a lot, a lot. So yeah. they could learn more about that at your website, the conference. Could they learn about that? They could, yes. Uh, uh, at our cleanturn.org website, folks can go straight to the homepage and uh, click on Passion, Purpose, Profit, and it'll take them right to our Passion, Purpose, Profit website. All right. All right. Well, folks, as I mentioned, we're talking with John Rush, the CEO at Clean Turn Enterprises out of Columbus, Ohio. This is an amazing company, a socially entrepreneurial-minded company that's created hundreds of jobs for folks who are well-deserving but have had difficult backgrounds and challenging circumstances. And Adam, you made a promise on the front end. You said this is the fastest 30 minutes. It's unbelievable how fast it goes. And I know um, we need to wrap it up, but I was just curious real quick, John, with the people you're helping, uh, and it's obvious that you're a a Christian uh, faith-based business, uh, how important or is it important for the people with the challenging backgrounds to be uh, faith-based? Does it matter if they aren't? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think it's tied to the earlier lessons that we were talking about earlier. It was fascinating to me 
that many folks I had met at this shelter I was volunteering at could quote multiple scriptural passages, walk folks through the Romans Road, the plan of salvation, etc., but connecting their faith to everyday life and showing up to work on time, working hard at work, having a positive, productive attitude, etc., etc., there was a huge disconnect. And then I would meet other folks who didn't know a lick about the Bible or came from another religious tradition who seemed to connect in terms of showing up on time, working hard, having a positive, productive attitude, et cetera, et cetera. And then I also saw folks who could articulate the gospel clearly, understood their calling as a Christ follower to work hard, and they did that, and they had a positive, productive attitude. And I met other folks who weren't faith-professing in any tradition and anti-faith, who also weren't productive. And so I, I found these ironies and inconsistencies really, really challenging. And so in terms of how we kind of live it out here at Clean Turn Enterprises, I often use the analogy of, of, of a picture, a portrait. Our goal is to kind of paint the portrait of the beauty of Christ and how we do what we do each day. I believe that Dostoevsky was right, that beauty will save the world. And in a context such as ours, in a postmodern culture where words are very confusing and people define certain things different ways, sometimes a picture is a better way to communicate uh, the love of Christ than words. And so what we're looking to do every day is to paint a portrait of beauty that will win the hearts of the folks that we're working with and the broader community as they see what we do. Looks pretty pretty clear to me. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. We are, gosh, and John, we talked about how quick this was going to go, and maybe you'll come back and be a guest. I'm sure there's a lot more you could teach us and a lot more you'd love to share, but thank you for your time today. So the last question, and, and for our regular listeners, Adam, they know this is the one we never miss. They know it's coming. It's coming. Uh, if you're a first-time listener here at Bottom Line Faith, this is what we call our 423 question, and this is based out of Proverbs 423 where Solomon writes, above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. And uh, it's believed that these may have been among some, some of Solomon's last words. So you can imagine he's gathered his family, his friends, his loved ones around to share his great big piece of advice. And his ultimate piece of advice was for us to guard our heart because all things of life flow out of our heart and our desires. So, John, that's the scenario I would pose to you, the Proverbs 4.23 question. You've got a chance to gather your family and friends and loved ones. You're at the end of your time this side of eternity, and you have a chance to pass along your one piece of advice. What would be your above-all-else advice? In fact, fill in the blank, above-all-else. Yeah, above-all-else, I think, you know, Love God and do as you please, and, and that love that you have for God, allow it to be rooted in His love for you, and constantly pursue each day a greater realization of what it means to be loved by Him. And from the overflow of that, love Him and, and really just do as you please. I remember a high school teacher, my church church history teacher in high school, came in and wrote in big, bold, white letters on the marker board in high school, 10th grade, love God and do as you please. And I was like, wow, that's kind of that's kind of crazy. Uh, but the older I've gotten, the more I've realized how amazing, how amazingly simplistic it is, but how amazing, beautiful, how amazingly beautiful it is as well. And so, just fall in love afresh and anew every day, more and more with with Christ, and, and from the overflow of that, love others. And that's wonderful. I, I'm I'm sure your uh, your tenth grade teacher would be glad to know that you remember that from all those years ago. That's fantastic <laughs> to hear. Well, well, John, in our last thirty seconds. 
any last words of encouragement, any last advice or anything you'd like to pass along before we, gosh, have to close the show? It's just gone so fast. Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I would just encourage you know, any any businesses out there that are looking to kind of integrate into their business models this idea of uh, providing employment for folks coming out with challenging backgrounds. Uh, to reach out to us, we'd be more than glad to you know be a sounding board and to be a help any way we can. That's incredibly gracious of you. Thank you. And folks, the best way to reach John and his team is at cleanturn.org. That's cleanturn.org. Well, Adam. Hard to believe we're putting another episode of Bottom Line Faith in the in the book, so to speak. That's yeah, it's wow. um, and it was great to talk with John. I, I want to thank you, John, for your service to this country as uh, as a U.S. Marine and uh, with what you're doing today with Clean Turn uh, Enterprises. It's pretty uh, pretty fantastic to hear everything you're involved with and how it's uh, making this country a better place. Again, the website is Clean Turn. Org. Our guest has been John Rush, the CEO of Clean Turn Enterprises. Please head to that website, follow them on Facebook, get social with them through their social media platforms. It is cleanturn.org. I'm Adam Ritz. This has been Bottom Line Faith, and we are at bottomlinefaith.org. And this show is brought to you by Truth at Work. And if you are a business leader, uh, Christian-minded, and want to learn more about Truth at Work, very easy, truthatwork.org. Adam, it's been awesome. We'll see you all next time here at Bottom Line Faith. God bless. You've been listening to Bottom Line Faith, powered by Truth at Work. Download and subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And you can download and listen to every Bottom Line Faith episode at bottomlinefaith.org.